to the Piney Pastors Podcast, the elders meeting after show where we hang out to discuss theology and issues relevant to covenant members at Piney Ridge Church in Wentzville, Missouri. It's like a Bible study, covenant members gathering, elders hangout, and talk show all wrapped up into one. And it's all about making disciples of Jesus Christ. So grab another cup of coffee and let's get started. All right, we are recording another Piney Pastors podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Nathan Smith, and my I name. am joined by this guy, the mask, the masked man. My name is Steve Hopped. And we also have with us... Me. Mm-hmm. And that is Jason Myers. Yep. Uh, the pastors for Piney Ridge Church. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> we today are... Gonna talk about well, well first I actually feel like I need to give Steve a chance to brag on his his sportsmanlike uh, not sportsmanlike his uh, my granddaughter extraordinaire oh yeah Olivia had two goals Friday night and mm-hmm. Hannah in what sport in Hockey? soccer oh indoor soccer and Hannah had three on Saturday so yes you are we, proud, we don't Grandpa. often get to brag about grandkids in sports so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's why I wanted to give you. The We've sat through hours publicly. and hours and hours of <laughs> exciting entertainment, watching grandkids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. out on the sports field. Yes. Yeah, and well, well, I am sure you're very, very proud of them. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. but for many more reasons than. Do you reward them with? Do you guys have any traditions like after a sporting event or some sort of thing? ice cream or something? Yeah, that's what we well. Asking. I would have Livy. I gave, I took Livy out for ice cream mm-hmm. Friday night, but okay. I would have done it whether she had scored mm-hmm. no goals if they got well, shut yeah. out twelve yeah. to nothing. Yeah, but because it was a special night, it was just Olivia and Grandpa. Oh, so cool. yeah, we tried to go to Baskin Robbins, but it was closed. So then we went to Where's Sonic Baskin Robbins right here? on Main Street in O'Fallon. There oh. you go. Not far from Sonic, as forgot. it turns out, because we ended up at Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Sonic's good, too. Well, <clears throat> yeah, my family, we always would go out for ice cream after sporting event or, you know, I was in choir and mm-hmm. plays and stuff, so. Yeah, we do that after concerts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, choir's a sport, right? It can be. It can be physical. We did have a guy that uh, passed out. He was on the, I think we had four risers. He was on the top riser. Oh, it was a Christmas Ooh. concert. It was hot. He was on the end. It was in this church building, and he passed out, and there was a pillar right next to him. So his face smacked up against the pillar, and then he just kind of slid yeah. down the oh. pillar to the floor. Did anybody get that on video? Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. how I know, because I was singing at the time, but I saw the video. But <laughs> wow. the show must go on, and yes. go on yes. it did. We just kept on singing. Hopefully Libby, he got some ice cream Libby Gray that. passed out in front of me during a Easter cantata one time, and I caught Libby her. Gray. Libby Gray? Libby. Libby. Yeah. Gray. I caught her. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're a hero, Steve. Yeah. How old were you? Was this like in your adult life? Yes. Or? Oh, okay. 
Well, we have digressed. This segues perfectly into <laughs> what we're going to talk about today. Which, hey, we're talking about masculinity today. That That's was a right. very masculine thing, thing to, for do. You to do. Drop, Steve. Steve, chivalrous. Yes, it was indeed. Um, but we'll get into that more. Um, first, we want to say that we are recording this. Uh, our our uh, initial motivation. Actually, we've talked about doing a podcast on biblical masculinity for and quite femininity for quite a while. But I guess what prodded us to do this was that uh, one of our covenant members posted a a podcast, a link to a podcast from some guy that we had never heard. I'd never mm-hmm. heard of him before. Um, I can't even think of his name now. Michael something. Um, but it was on our community. It's our closed a Facebook page for Piney Ridge Church. And... Um, we listened to it and we wanted to respond to it. So the uh, name of that podcast was uh, Masculine Worship. And so we'll probably talk or at least refer to that podcast in a couple different episodes that we will record because uh, we want to talk about masculinity and worship and just uh, this may be a while before we get to this, but just communicating publicly um, in our culture today and the best ways to do that, wisest, most um, Christ-honoring ways to do that. So a lot of things connected to that podcast, and so we're thankful to have the opportunity to respond to it, and and so we will be referring to that throughout the course of this. Um, and without summing up the whole podcast, um, or at least... It, Maybe I'll try to sum up, but um, actually, Jason, you're good at summing things up. Could you sum up the general idea of that podcast in like you know 30 seconds? It was about stuff. Yep, about mainly stuff. No, I think it was about how um, churches and specifically worship gatherings um, to this um, podcast. Author, do you call him an author? What do you call that? Yeah, Speaker, caster. <laughs> this man, yeah, that podcaster, uh, from his perspective, that um, the church, the evangelical church, especially uh, um, in recent years and for however long, have been increasingly more effeminate, less manly. Uh, from their the songs they sing, the way they sing, to the preaching um, mm-hmm. preachers, um, kind of how things are are portrayed to two people it's more geared to women and effeminate men mm-hmm. and that we should um, reject that rebel against that and try to change that and in so doing um more men will be attracted yes to and participate in worship yes yep. i think that yeah that's yeah, a fair summary so um <clears throat> there are some things that we uh want to push back on that were in the, that podcast but before we do that what are some things that we think that we that, that we agree that we can say? Yeah, we affirm this. Right. He talked about the uh, just the glorious experience of being in a a situation where thousands of men were singing. Now, his particular context was a boxing match or, uh, or promise keepers. He mentioned that as well. Oh, yeah, and he mentioned promise keepers in as a well. Tree. But yeah. yeah. Okay. So. That's good. I didn't wasn't asked to sum up probably. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I when he was talking about that, I thought back to T4G. That's and, together for the gospel. Yes, and 
um, being in an, uh, an auditorium or a, a sports, actually, an arena, mm-hmm. and uh, just men all around. and, About 12, and singing. Men. Yeah, and mostly men. There are yeah. some women there, but their voices were drowned out, I think, yeah. by the... Yeah. By the male voices, and it is it is an up uh, an uplifting, encouraging, encouraging thing to yeah. hear those men um, singing re- loudly too. Yeah, I remember Tim telling me we uh, we sent Your him son, to uh, yeah my son Tim telling me that we we sent him to a uh, one of the RC Sproul convention things down in conferences Ligonier, yeah, down in Florida, and uh, he said that the they always ended it with having a choir of men coming up and singing the hallelujah chorus and oh, he said yeah. that that was like uh powerful yeah so, and so i didn't get to hear that but just even him describing it gave me goosebumps just thinking about it so yeah. uh yes i i affirm that uh that is a a an encouraging thing to be a part of and partly because we don't experience that very often and partly um because um there are a lot of men don't sing out loudly and as mm-hmm. they should not not all but a lot don't mm-hmm. um so i think that the, he was he trying to encourage men to do that yeah I think that's yeah good. that's that's one of the things he said that uh singing has in our culture become something that women and what he called soft men do that you don't see uh you know yeah you don't see that happen very often where just guys get together and and sing out and even uh, I would I would affirm as someone who's led music in the church for quite a few years now that it does seem to be typical that uh, women are more eager to sing out, more likely to sing out strongly than men are. Um, there's probably a lot of different factors that go into that, but but it does seem to be, you know, from my limited experience. Um, that does seem to be the case. He, he generalizes that across just the church, I guess, in America. But, um, yeah. Present company <clears throat> accepted, I should say, because well, of course. more than once, of adults course. are usually too polite to do this, but more than once I've had little kids turn around and give me weird looks in the middle of <laughs> singing corporate uh-huh. singing, yes, because I, I do. Down. <laughs> yes, well, uh, broad, broad generalization there. Yeah, and I think that as a... Um, my experience has been at being at other churches or looking around at um, other denominations and more mainline. Um, I, I would say that that's probably true. Um, and in part, this statement he makes that um, um, sermons are often safe and therapeutic and focused on comfort. Um, and that's, he sees that as a problem. And so do I. Yeah. I think that Amen. that's, I think that's mm-hmm. common um, you think of the, the largest church in America, Joel Osteen's church, and yeah. um, I don't think there's a lot of um, hard-to-hear, um, God-focused, um, rich sermons that come out of that church, and many churches like it. Um, and I do think that that can be considered a kind of safe and soft therapeutic message, and mm-hmm. it's not, not good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else that we... I'm sure there's parts throughout. I mean, like you pick a sentence here or there that we would affirm, but in general messages, um, um, you mentioned earlier, Nathan, that he, uh, he also talked about how the way men, um, think about sports and feel about sports, um, 
should he, he talks about should be more um, akin to how they also view and respond in worship gatherings. Um, but he's not saying that he even says, should we give into the idolatry of sports? And he gives an emphatic no. And we right, would affirm right. that we should not. Yeah. Um, he's not saying, and we're not saying that, um, or we would all affirm with him that we should not idolize sports and even that sports world. Right. Right. And uh, I think one of his points in bringing up <clears throat> the um, idolization of sports was to indicate and demonstrate that men are not inherently irreligious. Right. That somehow women are more religious than men. Um, <clears throat> but men are natural worshipers just like women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, and one other thing, and kind of it's a, a theme throughout, but he's, he says this explicitly at the end he says we need songs that are battle songs um that is in the church in our corporate worship we mm-hmm. need songs that are battle songs and i affirm that that stir I us think. up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and just that general point that he's making uh there and throughout that there are probably um there is a um an overabundance, maybe, of songs, or at least an overuse of songs that are that emphasize, um, I don't know, maybe the the more emotional, um, softer, less softer uh, aspects of our faith, um, and that we don't seem to have a lot, at least of new songs, uh, songs that many in the sort of contemporary evangelical church are singing that are battle songs that are, um, you know, I was thinking about the, uh, uh, onward Christian soldiers. Mm -hmm. Like we, I don't know that I've ever led that song. I sang it as a kid out of the hymnal, but, but songs like that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I remember being really stirred up by uh, Shane and Shane's Psalm 46. The first time I heard it where, where he says, Lord of hosts, Mm -hmm. you're with us, with us, in the fire, with us in the sh- as a shelter, with us in the storm, yeah. you will lead us through the fiercest battle, well, and 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 so yeah. on with the drums, yeah, yeah. And, and it's a very stirring, yeah. I think of it as a battle song, military you know, right kind of song, yeah. And and, um, and maybe we will get to this, but I'd say that um, just generally, um, I think that he's reacting against, responding to um, our culture at large that is um, seeming to. Uh, more and more wanting to blur the lines between masculinity and femininity yeah, amen. and mm-hmm. uh, even erase gender altogether. Yeah. And I think that uh, what's understood in his um, whole podcast is that he would push against that. And so would we. Yeah, uh, that's so right. We would affirm that fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we would affirm that God has created men and women to be uh, equal um, and yet distinct. Amen. The equal in value, worth, uh, that both men and women reflect the image of God, that we're, we're made in the image of God as part of humanity, and, but that we do have, that we do re- reflect God differently in, in unique some ways, roles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and mm-hmm. that those differences are not unimportant. And in fact, um, I need other men who are reflecting something of God's character. Um, as as men do, and I need other women. Uh, I need women representing, reflecting something of God's character that uh, that I normally don't. I can't see and can't, and, and I'm not um, as 
gifted or skilled or even capable of representing mm-hmm. as right. they are. And so I need that. Yeah. And and I think he also talked about the, the how the culture at large emasculates men. Uh, mm-hmm. I think if you if you look at the trend on uh, TV sitcoms and things yeah. like oh, that, yeah. the 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 fathers just seem to be getting weaker and weaker and and more and more like bumbling idiots. Yeah. Yeah. There's not too many more oh, father knows best anymore <laughs> right yeah 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 it's um i mean and it you know even shows like uh king of the hill um everybody loves raymond mm-hmm. those shows are funny i mean i haven't watched any of them in years and years but um it, it always yeah it's the the dad's the Kind of funny, but really, he's kind of an idiot, and it's the, it's the, the foil of all wife the humor. who has to come in and save the day all mm-hmm. the time. But like you said a few weeks ago about what humor is, it's funny because it's not, it's incongruous with reality, or at least how right. it should be. Right. Yeah. It doesn't match. Yeah. And the more I th- we think about it, it's probably sad rather mm-hmm. than funny. Right. right? You, you right. laugh because crying is the other term. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there are things in the podcast uh, we've gone on for quite a while now that we affirm at least in general terms um and i would say that one of the <clears throat> things that um would i would push back on a, about the podcast is not the so uh, even agreeing with the, some of the general themes the manner of communication to me um is not helpful um in that there's a lot of exaggeration, mm-hmm. um, generalization, some words and phrases that seem to be used just for the effect of creating like shock value. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are going to do another podcast sometime soon about when and how to give rebukes. So I think that probably talking about that more in depth fits Because that's there. what he's trying to do in but, the podcast yeah, is to rebuke right, the church. to rebuke yeah. the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's not get into that too much right now, but what are some things um, that either... Maybe, is there anything that you would say, I just I think this is really just not true. I don't want to flat out rebuke, uh, not rebuke, but refute is the word I'm looking for. Refute this statement. I know there are some things that we say, ah, this just needs to be sharpened, nuanced. Yeah. But is there anything that you'd say, no, oh, this is just flat out disagree with us? Well, in context, I'm not exactly sure if I know what he means, but he says that um, the church is marketed to women and effeminate men. And then he says, that's why the music is overly emotive. Um, and if he means by that, that it is um, devoid of good content of strong theology and of biblical accuracy, then I would say, well, yeah, then it could be overly emotive. I just wouldn't say it that way. Like if it's more emotional than something else, but in context, it seems like what he's saying is because he says it's overly emotive. You always using imagery that is soothing and inspiring to women uh, with the implication that it's not soothing and inspiring to men or not stirring up for men and so forth. Yeah. Um, and while I think it's true that maybe a song like um, um, Onward Christian Soldier or A Mighty Fortress is Our God might be more appealing to some men than women, I don't think it need be. Um, and there are some yeah. songs that might be more naturally appealing to women than men, but I don't think it need be if we understand the, the theology of it and the message of it. And when he says that it's overly emotive, 
yeah, I mean, his whole point is from the beginning of is how men are so engaged in sports. They're so engaged watching football or watching that boxing or the UFC match, and they're and they're uh, they're expressive in their emotion. And he would not call that overly emotive, but man, right. Right. But there are songs that if there's a song or another kind of emotion that he doesn't naturally connect with, he calls it overly emotional mm-hmm. instead of just differently emotional. Right. And so I, I think his point there, what I would push against is that that Jesus did, that Jesus does, and that we should have, the Bible tells us to have a wide range of emotions, not just roaring at war or a football game or a boxing match. Um, but there also should be a tender whisper and gentleness at times. Mm-hmm. And their their emotion should have a wide range. And I don't think that's overly emotional or emotive. I think it's yeah. um, biblically and properly so. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I think that that gets at what we see as probably one of the biggest um, areas that we would uh, we would push back and just say this this. Either we really disagree here on what masculinity is or we think that you're emphasizing one side or aspect so much that it's really unhelpful. Like an overcorrection. Um, Yeah, in that he seems to be communicating a very narrow view of what masculinity is um, and a view that is almost exclusively shaped by cultural norms um yes. present day american cultural right norms. right yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so that's what we wanted to spend the bulk of the time although we're already going to be longer than probably we intended to be um just talking about what uh masculinity is from a more full and and i think we would say more biblical um perspective so um I want to read a statement from a book called Recovering Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. It is uh, subtitled A Response to Evangelical Feminism, edited by John Piper and Wayne Grudem. Um, I think John Piper wrote this first part that I'm going to read. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he talks about the difficulties of uh, really defining succinctly what masculinity is, um, but he gives it a shot. He says, At the heart of mature masculinity is a sense of benevolent responsibility to lead, provide for, and protect women in ways appropriate to a man's differing relationships. At the heart of mature masculinity is a sense of benevolent responsibility to lead, provide for, and protect women in ways appropriate to a man's differing relationships. Um, we affirm that statement <clears throat> and think it's helpful. What was uh, Douglas Wilson's statement you mentioned? Yeah. It's a little bit. Ah, well done. So, dropped it. Um, yeah. Dropped it's just, he, Douglas Wilson, um, while we wouldn't agree with everything he says, he has, I think, a really um, concise and helpful definition of masculinity. He says that um, it is the glad assumption of sacrificial responsibility. So uh, glad assumption is you're gladly embracing your responsibility to sacrifice for for the good of others. And if you are gladly doing it, you're not whining, you're not um, griping. Um, you are saying, I'm gladly going to embrace the fact that I've been called, my responsibility mm-hmm. is to sacrifice for the mm-hmm. good of others. And yeah. I think that's a very Christ-like um, uh, picture of yeah. masculinity. Yeah. 
And, and you know, we were talking about that um, as we were discussing this before the podcast, that Jesus is the image, he, he's, the, he's the image of God, but he is the perfect man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just the perfect human, but Jesus is so that's the perfect true. man. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and so the, the the picture of Jesus that we get in the gospel is is a picture of biblical masculinity that mm-hmm. we should strive for. And I think Jesus was I mean, just I think of all the the uh, examples of Jesus' strength in the gospels, his strength in resisting temptation, mm-hmm. his strength yeah. I mean, it takes a strong man to um, to to give yourself up sacrificially on a instrument of torture. Oh, yeah, yeah, for the good of of people who hate you or his, rebel against you. His fearlessness and courage as he's sleeping on the boat in the midst of a storm, or um, how many times people tried to take him and he slipped out of their midst and was mm-hmm. not constantly running for his life but would go he set his face like flint to go into jerusalem mm-hmm. like there is a courage a, a yeah, his manliness. disciples are like uh they just wanted to kill you yeah, and yeah, you're going back and I, says, yep. and i think yeah. we should go somewhere else and he's yeah. like nope we're going to jerusalem uh jesus was strong uh i i remember uh but but jesus is also meek right and gentle and humble yeah i remember a definition i think that um I don't remember which pastor gave it, but it was when we were preaching through First Peter, I want to say, uh, a definition of meekness was power under control. Mm-hmm. And when I think of Jesus, that's G- Jesus obviously was powerful, is powerful, but it was under control. And in fact, so much power, so much, um, uh, I think even, again, go back to his just fearlessness, was that he didn't always feel the need to exert it. He could uh, he could keep it under control mm-hmm. and say, "I don't have to." He's not insecure. He, had, he couldn't have the constant. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm strong. I'm a man. I can do this. He he should say, "You can think what you want. You can say what you want. You can do what you want. That's okay because mm-hmm. I'm secure in this. I'm secure in um, my manhood, but I'm also secure, um, more importantly, in God, my Father." And so that faith led right. to that. Right. So in saying that. Um, are you indicating, do you think that some of the um, sort of, in our culture, stereotypical manly things um, that some men feel like they have to do in order to be perceived as manly, that those are actually coming from a place of feeling weak and unmanly, that maybe they, um, some guys will kind of overdo things because they yeah. don't have that security. To prove to themselves that they actually are to, Yeah, to themselves and others because maybe they didn't get the affirmation they needed or wanted when they were younger or from other um, men who told them, listen, this is what it is to be a man, and if you're not like this, then you're not worthy or anything. And if they've heard that, then they think, well, my goodness, I, I feel like I always have to try to live up to that in such a way that... But I don't think, and here's the, here's the irony of it, if somebody says to a, a little boy, this is what it means to be a man. You gotta be, you can't cry, you gotta be tough. You always have to do this. You never back down from a fight. You never, um, you know, somebody butts in front of you, you don't ever give them, you know, turn the other cheek. You don't ever do anything that is gentle or humble. You always 
stand out and you have to love hunting and football and all these things. And if you don't, well, then you're not manly. I think that that's not the problem with that is that it's not a too high of a standard because I think that Jesus, his standard of masculinity is actually greater than that. Mm-hmm. I think it's harder to do the things of gladly assuming response, sacrificial responsibility. Yeah. Cause you yeah. can have a lot of men who are passive and who are selfish and who are um, weak in their, in their will and their convictions, but they can be really quote unquote masculine or manly mm-hmm. in some of those cultural yeah. externals. Yeah. So it's not, it's too, it's too high. It's too low. Mm. So and the danger that we are cautioning people against, I think are to, is to don't get your concept of masculinity from the 21st century American culture. Right. But take, or, or, or the 1800s or the 1950s. <laughs> yeah. Take your concept of masculinity from scripture. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and, 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 and the Bible tells men to be strong, right? Mm-hmm. First Corinthians sixteen thirteen. I think you he quoted the man quoted that in the podcast. Right. Didn't mm-hmm. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. But then it's followed up by verse fourteen. Let all that you do be done in love. Mm-hmm. And and so that to me is the power under control. The power uh, channeled yeah. in a direction of. As you said, Jason, sacrificial service, you know, accepting that, gladly accepting the responsibility of loving others, which is preferring them over yourself. It's Mm -hmm. it's it's acting on behalf of another's good Mm -hmm. uh, over your own. And and so it is that, yes, be strong and powerful, but have it channeled in in a direction of uh, glorifying God. Mm-hmm. By loving others, and and I think we could go and, and say that today, especially in America, like we were saying earlier, that the the view of masculinity is not uh, being portrayed. Uh, if we're talking about that traditional roles uh, or t- traditional manner of masculinity, mm-hmm. it's not being portrayed in a good light. No. Um, it's being portrayed as um, those are they're fools. Um, maybe they're they're bigoted. They are um, they're they're not what the what our world needs. But they go to the other extreme and they say, so let's and erase you're saying that's in kind of pop culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even in the political realm now where. Yep. Um, and so yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying then is don't take your concept of masculinity from the overcorrection that right. one segment of the population is uh, is is portraying in response to that that cultural that mass that pop media mm-hmm. uh, picture that we get of uh, of men yeah so do, when when the culture around us is increasingly saying um, that they're even to the point of saying there is really no such thing as masculinity manliness or even man there's no such mm-hmm. thing as gender we mm-hmm. don't take our cues from that but then we don't no. overcorrect and say whatever they say we're just going to say the opposite because that's just that's foolishness that's just extreme and so they say well if you stand up for for um, what's right to protect others, that's not manly. Well, uh, well, then what are you going to go do? Do the opposite? Um, no. Um, I, so I, I think that we need to make sure that we're not just going back and forth between the two extremes. We say, let's be centered on Christ. Let's be centered on His Word and what He says to do, mm-hmm. and what He says to be as men. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Steve? Oh, I was going to ask a question. Oh, so go, go for ahead. it. Okay, I w- well, I was just going to kind of move us down there. To, he, he made a comment that Christianity is a masculine 
religion. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've we've discussed that, and we're not really sure exactly what he means by that. Yeah, he mentioned that God is a father, not a mother. Mm-hmm. He mentioned that Jesus is Agreed. a man. Agree. Agree. Yeah. And uh, but uh, when you say that Christianity is a masculine religion, exactly what do you mean by that? And I mean the, the the sound of it. The first, my first gut response to that is: Are you saying that it's only for men? Or I don't think that's what he meant. Or even that it's primarily for men. Yeah. yeah that we, I hope that's not what he means because that would be right. Not true. So so let's just talk about that for a little bit. Um, this idea that that first of all that that God is a father. Yes, but God is not a man. Right. The Bible is very explicit in <clears throat> saying that. So higher and greater let's, than let's discuss that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I think that it would be the same problem if we said Christianity is feminine. Mm-hmm. We would say, well, that doesn't then then you, it's exclusively or primarily for women or about women or of women. No, um, so I think that it's just it's not either or of those. Right. Um, it's the fact that um, Christianity as a religion is for people. For it's it's something that God says I've sent my son for this world of sinners mm-hmm. and um, those who would turn to me in faith. So you could say that Christianity is for sinners. You could say it's for believers. You could say it's for those who repent. It's, you could say it's for for humans. But when you start to nuance, it it, it almost be as ridiculous as saying um, that Christianity is for. Um, for white people or black people yeah. or, or Christianity is... Well, I mean, you could say uh, Christianity is a Jewish religion because right. it s- started in Judaism. Yeah. You know, it was seen as a sect of Judaism. Um, but, yeah, even it is... It's just unhelpful, I think, it because it is so unclear. And But it seems like the um, from the, the context that it tends to... Um, in the context, means something that I think is untrue. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it somehow uh, in Christianity, um, women are diminished somehow in significance, right, or importance for yeah. how they. Yeah, and I, I think that he's trying to correct what he sees as the church saying and acting as if the church is primarily or exclusively feminine mm-hmm. or effeminate, right, and saying no, it's not. But then we would say we would agree. But then to say that it's masculine is an overcorrection in the other, other right. direction. Yeah. And so I think I think his whole what we're trying to push against is the fact that Jesus did go into the uh, temple and he flipped over the money tables and he grabbed a whip. And I cannot imagine his face being um, serene and, um, <laughs> right. and, and at peace. But he was angry now. Fellas, yeah, that you shouldn't be. Doing I, this I can hear him you. shouting and being violent. And and yet there are other times where he said, let the little children come to me, and he had them sit on his lap. Or he was so tender with the woman who was wiping his feet with her hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just have a full picture. Yeah. Have, a, have a full yeah. idea, a real biblical, not one-sided or narrow view of Christianity or of worship gatherings that they're primarily or exclusively feminine or masculine. Mm-hmm. They're not. Um, mm-hmm. We have to have, a, to have a, a clear picture. We have to have a fuller picture than that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that it is it's so easy to get caught up in the externals. And like you were saying, Jason, I thought that was really helpful that um it's not that these things are are painting too too 
big and high and grand of a picture of masculinity, but they're too small. And I think mm-hmm. that that's what focusing on the externals does. And it's, yep. it's easier to be like, okay, um, you know, what men do is wear cowboy boots. Um, they definitely don't wear skinny jeans. Gotta have a hot rod um, and chop they, wood every day. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that even when we teach our, our boys, um, and girls about what masculinity is, cause I think it's important for, for girls, girls to know that yeah. as well. But, um, just thinking specifically about teaching our boys about masculinity. I, I think it's easy to watch something like the Patriot or gladiator and go, see, this is, this is Look at these men. These right. these are warriors, and uh, focus on okay. And it's it's going to be natural for boys to be drawn to the externals. Oh, he shoots a gun. He chops people up with a tomahawk. He yeah. he's good at fighting with a sword. And um, I don't think it's bad. I mean, I've made my boys wooden swords. They play with guns, mm-hmm. and I don't have a problem with any of that. I think it's, have it's good. But but if we're not pointing to what is underneath that what is what's really appealing about um and what the patriot be. what should be i think what's really appealing yeah. about the patriot is that he doesn't want to fight he uh gets forced into it that he's trying to protect his family that he's um and <clears throat> there's always the element of revenge that almost gets mixed into all of those which right. i think you could even argue that there's um that it's really justice that we are looking for in that which um Bible says we should leave to God, uh, vengeance, vengeance yeah. and not, not do that. But, um, I think the things that are underneath that we really admire, um, of, of wanting to protect others, to serve others, it, we sometimes miss that and just stop at the externals yeah. and, um, and it gives, like you said, a diminished view of what masculinity is. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I love, I love the fact that he's he doesn't want to fight, but he is willing to fight. The glad assumption. Mm-hmm. To protect his family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, that's where I see, I, you know, I, I felt like this man was talking about watching NFL, right? He was talking about because it's war and men love war. Um, I'm not sure that a godly man yep. loves war. Mm-hmm. Um, there will not be war in the new heaven and the new earth. Right. Right. Um, the lion will lie down with the lamb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that a man is willing to fight to protect when he must. Yeah, yeah, to to protect his family and and when he must. That's that's a good point. Yeah. good way to say it. Yeah, I'm reading through the uh, Lord of the Rings yet again, <laughs> <laughs> and um, <clears throat> it's. One of the crimes in the movie, I think the the movies are really well done, but one of the crimes is that they destroy the character of Faramir, Boromir's brother. And he's supposed to be actually kind of a, a almost polar opposite. Boromir loves battle for the sake of battle. And it's the way Tolkien describes even the whole uh, gist of the culture is that they've come to love war for the sake of war itself. Mm. And Boromir embraces that. And he is loved because he is a warrior who loves war for the sake of war. Faramir is painted as a much more noble character because he, he doesn't like war. He's a, he's a great warrior. Men love to follow him. He's a great captain, but he doesn't like war itself that he, he's gentle and his, his dad mocks him for being gentle. Um, but he's, he's clearly the, the one who's more noble because he's willing to fight. He's willing to defend, but he's, he's fighting 
for something. For peace. Yeah. He's fighting for peace. What he love, for what the men, sake real of, men love is peace, right, not war. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's an important distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Y- nope. You took a breath, Steve. Before we finished, I wanted to make sure that we just threw in some other biblical mm-hmm. references yeah. for uh, what the Bible says about, about men. Um, one of the things that uh, one of the passages we talked about was Matthew twenty twenty five to twenty eight, where Jesus is talking to his disciples about leadership, mm-hmm. and he says, "You're the Gentile your Gentile rulers lorded over you. That is not that's not how you're to be. That's not what you do. This is how you serve, or, or how you lead. You lead by serving." Mm-hmm. And, and he's constant, he's actually clearly pointing out that's the cultural idea, yeah. But that's not my idea, right? Yeah. And so we should right. apply the same thing to and he manhood. Says, and he gives himself as the right. prime example. He says, "The Son of Man came not to uh, be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many." Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we we talked about how in Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty, Jesus says. All you who are weary and heavy laden, come to me, and I will give you rest. Um, and he says that he is gentle and lowly at heart, that his uh, yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he's um, he's gentle with those who are hurting. He's gentle and kind and patient um, with those who are um, repentant. And so should we be. And that's, that's the picture of masculinity. It's not always a... I mean, sometimes, yes, we need to, as it says, be firm and act like men, be strong. And yet, um, I, I think that if we always tell people just, uh, well, suck it up, be a man, deal with it. Um, I don't think that's a, a full picture because s- sometimes do people need to hear that? Sure, maybe. But mm-hmm. that's not uh, across the board the, uh, the, the manliest advice because it's not the most Christ-like advice. Yeah. Yeah, and Paul is a great example in the in the New Testament. We said in 2 Corinthians 10.1, uh, Paul says, I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talked about how, Paul would talk about how when he was with them in person, he was meek mm-hmm. and gentle. And, uh, and even to... The Thessalonians, he says, we were gentle among you like a nursing mother. It didn't didn't bother Paul to say that. Right. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Uh, he was not. Uh, what's the word I'm looking emasculated for? He wasn't that? emasculated by portraying himself as being gentle like a nursing mother. Right. But rather, that is the the humility and the gentleness of Christ working through him. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, men are to be strong. You said at times be strong. Men are to be strong at all times, True. but it yeah. not in the cultural definition necessarily, but in the the Christ-like definition of being strong. Yeah, yeah, and I think we experience this. I mean, how how much more strength does it take to restrain yourself yep. from getting angry and flying off the handle? yelling, hitting something. It takes a lot more strength to restrain yourself than it does to just let that loose. Yes. You might say it's actually more manly, more masculine. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Because it's more Christ-like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when Paul says in Ephesians 5, the husbands that love their wives as Christ loved the church, and he says that like you care for your own body, nourishing and cherishing 
Um, these are these are words of someone who is taking good, careful care of someone else. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that. So when we say in Acts sixteen, uh, sorry, First Corinthians sixteen, to act like men, be strong, and then verse fourteen, let everything you do be done in love. They're not saying, but also do this. He's saying how to do this. Like your um, love is not always being um, gentle and, and 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 sweet and lowly, and yet sometimes right. it really is. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think you said this earlier, Jason, that. Um, we just need to have a more full, mm-hmm. um, not not narrow view of what masculinity is. Fully biblical, and um, I I don't know if you mentioned this in a message. I th- the um, first in, last out. Um, yeah, was that the the men's and sons camp out group thing? Yeah, yeah. That was that was from Desiring God, right? An article by I think it was by Joe Rigney. Um, yeah, he has um, an article, seven, um, seven truths he wants to teach his son about masculinity. And they were, they're all really good. Um, maybe we can link it onto the, uh, yeah. this podcast here. But he says... If you that, go to Desiring God and search, mm-hmm. was it seven, seven, seven truths? Seven, something, something seven sevens. masculinity. <laughs> 70 times seven. Yeah. Um, search for masculinity, you'll probably yeah. find. Here, I'll yeah. try it while you guys are... Go for it. But he says, yeah, that um, he said he wants to teach his boys that... Part of what it means to be a man, and he takes it from one of C.S. Lewis's books that uh, he says that kings should be, and he says that men should be those first in, last out, laughing loudest. Mm-hmm. You're first in to serve, first in to battle, first in to do the hard work. You're last out. You're the last one to leave. You're the one shutting the lights off and make sure the doors are locked. You're going to be the one who works hard even when everyone else is done and they're tired. Mm-hmm. And so are you, but you're going to keep working. But you're going to do it laughing loudest. That's the idea of the glad assumption You're with, with joy in your heart. Yeah that you're glad to serve others and to represent Christ that way. Yeah. Yeah. I like that for a number of reasons. One is that it rolls off the tongue first in last out laughing, laughing loudest. loudest. Yeah. 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 Even like though I couldn't too. remember anything else about it, I remembered first in last out. Good. But, um, have you found it yet, Steve? I have not, but I did find nine truths about masculinity. Ooh. But well, nine's better than seven. It is. Well, we'll try to find that and link it on our, uh, podcast page. There is a lot more that we could say about this. Um, we've already taken more time than we intended to to say what we have said, um, but it's possible that we will come back to this topic in the future um, or maybe do one emphasizing and teaching about biblical femininity mm-hmm. um, since we kind of only alluded to that today. Um, but again, we, we will have an opportunity to uh, talk about some other things connected to that podcast that we've been referencing um, in upcoming episodes as well. And um, so we will talk to you all later. Take it away, David. Thank you for listening. We have a new podcast each week, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes. For more information about Piney Ridge Church in Wentzville, Missouri, visit us online at pineyridgechurch.org. That's P-E-I-N-E, ridgechurch.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Piney Ridge. That's all for today. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday morning.